Welcome to Gospel Truth with Andrew Womack, a teaching ministry that focuses on God's unconditional love and grace. You need to see yourself as a steward, not an owner of the money that you have. Once you understand that it isn't your money, it's His money, and then He just blesses us and our finances improved. God really blessed our finances. You can trust God with your money. And now, here's Andrew. Welcome to our Thursday's broadcast of The Gospel Truth. Today, I'm continuing to teach on the subject of finances, and I have a teaching that I've entitled Financial Stewardship, and this is what I've been teaching on all of this week. What I've been trying to do this week is to establish that you need to get the mindset of a steward and not an owner of all of your finances. If you've missed any of this teaching, you may not understand that, but I've been trying to really emphasize that to me, this is the first step in seeing God's prosperity. You know, Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22 says, The blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich, and he addeth no sorrow with it. When you prosper in God's way, it is supernatural prosperity, and it doesn't have the stress and the trauma and the worry and the fear associated with it that most people have when they try and prosper. You know, if you are out just uh, doing, if you are trying to earn a living and doing it all in your strength and in your power, there's a lot of toil, sorrow, grief, stress that goes with it. You know, I remember back in, uh, I think it was 99 or, or, uh, or excuse me, 2009, somewhere around there, when they had what they call the Great Recession, and people who had all of this money invested in the stock market, and the stock market went down 50%, they were committing suicide. People were stressed out. I mean, it was destroying people because they were trusting in the world system, and the world system fluctuates and goes up and down. But did you know it was during that exact period of time, it was 2009, that God spoke to me that we needed to take the limits off, that we needed to start expanding the Bible College, and we bought 157 acres in Woodland Park. We built uh, three buildings on it now that is around $98 million. We bought uh, the 336 acres adjacent to it. Anyway, my point is we started expanding at an unprecedented uh, uh, pace for my ministry during a time that the whole world system was collapsing and going down and people were killing themselves. And you know what? We, we were doing things completely against the grain, completely contrary to the way that the world was operating because God is my source. And God was speaking to me and I was following God and it, and it went against the conventional wisdom. And yet it is proven to be a blessing and it's working. And I'm saying this is the way you've got to be. You've got to recognize God as your source. You need, to, you need to be a steward. And instead of just following the thinking of this world that comes to nothing, that brings you into bondage and causes all of this, you need to see that, God, you're my source. I'm a steward. What do you want me to do? And you follow God. And if it's expand during a downturn, during a recession, well, then do it. And, you know, looking back, it was great wisdom, and, and I certainly can't claim that it was my great wisdom. I wasn't smart enough to come up with all of this, but did you know during this downturn, 
is when we bought this property, and we bought this property for around 25 cents on the dollar of what it was originally valued at. And, you know, looking back, well, I can see great wisdom that God was guiding us. But at the time, I was just following the Lord. I'm just a steward. This is just what He told me to do. When you get this steward attitude that, God, this is not mine. I am not the source. You are my source. It gives you so much freedom, so much liberty. He adds no sorrow with it, Proverbs 10, 22. Let me use an example here of David. And this is at the very end of his life in 1 Chronicles chapter 29. Right before David died, he called Solomon, his son, together, who was going to become the king on David's death. And he just took all of this gold and silver, precious stones, all of these things that he had prepared for the building of the temple, and he dedicated it to the Lord. Let me read some of this unto you in verse 2. This is 1 Chronicles 29, 2. Now I have prepared with all my might for the house of my God the gold for things to be made of gold, and the silver for things of silver, and the brass for things of brass, the iron for things of iron, and wood for things of wood, onyx stones, and stones to be set, glittering stones, and of divers colors, and all manner of precious stones, and marble stones in abundance. Moreover, because I have set my affection to the house of my God, I have of mine own proper good of gold and silver, which I have given to the house of my God, over and above all that I have prepared for the holy house, even 3,000 talents of gold. A talent is 75 pounds. So 3,000 times 75 pounds. You know, if you were to go to my living commentary, which is one of the best things I have, I have written all of this out. I've taken exactly how many ounces 3,000 times 75 pounds is, and I've ascribed a dollar figure to that. Of course, it fluctuates based on the cost of gold. But anyway, this is over a billion, between one and two billion dollars worth of gold. And notice that in verses two and three, what he was saying, if you go back to 1 Chronicles chapter 22, David had already given the equivalent of around, somewhere around two to four billion dollars worth of gold, silver, precious stones, even the iron for the nails that would be used in the building. He had, he had given billions of dollars worth of things to the preparation of the house of God out of the government treasuries. These were the, all of the resources that he had in his government. And now he is giving a personal offering over and above the billions that had been given from his government now he is giving his personal offering 3,000 talents of gold of Ophir and 7,000 talents of refined silver. Again, a talent is 75 point something pounds. So 7,000 times 75 pounds to overlay the walls of the house withal. The gold for things of gold and silver for the things of silver and for all manner of work to be made by the hands of the artificers and who then is willing to consecrate his service this day unto the Lord? So here's the King David, very old. He died when he was 70 years old. He must have been around 69 at this time. And he, was, he had given all of this money from his government treasuries. Now he is giving personal offerings that totaled at least $1 billion to $2 billion 
dollars worth of all of these things. And he says, who else would be willing to give? And all of a sudden, the tribes of Israel just spontaneously began to give, and they gave as much as David had given. One person, the king, gave somewhere around $2 billion to the building out of his own personal account. That shows you how prosperous David was. And then all of the 12 tribes, their leaders began to come and start giving, and they gave around $2 billion. So this was about a $4 billion, at least 3 to $4 billion worth of offerings at one time. Man, that's awesome. You know, many of you have never experienced this, but I've been in services before where you're just receiving an offering, and all of a sudden, I mean, God just shows up, and people start getting houses and cars, taking rings off. And I know that some of you may be offended at that and think, well, man, that sounds terrible, like you were just fleecing the people. It wasn't something that I did. Matter of fact, some of these uh, offerings that I've been in like that, I wasn't even the one receiving the offering. I was just attending a conference. But sometimes just this spirit of giving, I mean, it's the power of God touching people. And they are willing to give up their houses, cars. Uh, It's phenomenal when you see something like this. I mean, it sticks out in my memory. And this is what happened to David. David was so touched by all of this, that listen to some of his prayer. It says in verse 10, Wherefore David blessed the Lord before all of the congregation. And David said, Blessed be thou, Lord God of Israel, our Father forever and ever. Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in the heaven and in the earth is thine. Thine is the kingdom, O Lord, and thou art exalted as head above all. Both riches and honor come of thee. You know what he's doing right here? He's saying that you're the one who has prospered us. You're the one who gave us all of this. This is the point that I've been trying to get across all of this week, is that we are stewards. It's not really ours. This is God. It belongs to God. God is the one who's blessed us. God is the one who's made us great. God's the one who's given us whatever we have. It's a steward mentality, not an owner's mentality. And so this is what David is saying. Both riches and honor come of thee, and thou reignest over all, and in thy hand is power and might, and in thine hand it is to make great and to give strength unto all. God is the one who prospers us. I've already used this verse this week, but in Deuteronomy 8, 18, it says, You shall remember the Lord your God, for it's He that gives you power to get wealth. God doesn't give you wealth directly, but He gives you power, an anointing, an ability, health, talents, creative ideas. If you would rely upon the Lord, if you would develop this stewardship mentality instead of ownership mentality, if you would transfer the burden to God and say, God, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to prosper? If you would put the burden upon him instead of upon yourself, then God would begin to bless you as it's talking about here that he would give us strength and make our names great and all of this. In verse 13, it says, Now therefore, our God, we thank thee and praise thy glorious name. But who am I and what is my people that we should be able to offer so willingly after this sort? Remember that this was at least a $3 billion, maybe $4 billion 
DOLLAR OFFERING THAT CAME IN IN ONE DAY'S TIME. AND DAVID IS SAYING, HOW COULD WE OFFER ALL OF THIS? FOR ALL THINGS COME OF THEE, AND OF THINE OWN HAVE WE GIVEN THEE. THIS IS AMAZING. YOU KNOW, I KNOW MANY OF YOU ARE WATCHING THIS PROGRAM AS YOU'RE GETTING READY FOR WORK OR YOU'RE DOING SOMETHING ELSE. BUT WHEN YOU GET TIME, GO LOOK UP FIRST CHRONICLES CHAPTER 29 AND BEGIN WITH VERSE 10 WHERE DAVID STARTS PRAYING AND SPECIFICALLY LOOK AT THESE THINGS AND MEDITATE ON THIS BECAUSE WHAT DAVID IS SAYING HERE ABOUT HIM AND ALL OF THE PEOPLE THAT OFFERED FOR THE BUILDING OF THE TEMPLE, THIS IS, THIS IS STILL TRUE TODAY, WHETHER YOU REALIZE IT OR NOT. AND THE SAD FACT IS MOST OF US DON'T REALIZE GOD IS OUR SOURCE. WE THINK WE ARE THE ONES WHO EARNED THIS MONEY. IT'S OUR HARD WORK. BUT LOOK AT WHAT HE'S SAYING. HE SAYS, BUT WHO AM I AND WHAT IS MY PEOPLE THAT WE SHOULD BE ABLE TO OFFER SO WILLINGLY AFTER THIS SORT? FOR ALL THINGS COME OF THEE, AND OF THINE OWN HAVE WE GIVEN THEE. SEE, THIS IS THE ATTITUDE OF A STEWARD. I'M JUST GIVING BACK TO YOU A PORTION OF WHAT YOU'VE GIVEN ME. DID YOU KNOW AT ONE TIME DAVID WAS JUST A SHEPHERD BOY? IT WAS GOD THAT EXALTED HIM, THAT MADE HIM KING. IT WAS GOD WHO PUT THE FAITH IN HIS HEART AND THE DETERMINATION AND THE COURAGE TO GO OUT AND FIGHT GOLIATH THAT JUST CATAPULTED HIM TO THIS POSITION OF INFLUENCE. IT WAS GOD WHO ANOINTED DAVID TO BE KING. IT WAS GOD THAT CAUSED DAVID TO BE ABLE TO CONQUER ALL OF HIS ENEMIES AND EXPAND THE TERRITORY OF THE NATION OF ISRAEL TO THE LARGEST EXTENT IT HAS EVER KNOWN. IT WAS GOD THAT CAUSED ALL OF THESE uh, FINANCES TO COME INTO HIS KINGDOM SO THAT HE WAS ABLE TO GIVE AROUND A THREE OR FOUR BILLION DOLLAR OFFERING OUT OF HIS GOVERNMENT TREASURIES. GOD IS THE ONE WHO PUT ALL OF THOSE THERE. WHEN SAUL WAS KING, HE DIDN'T HAVE ALL OF THESE RESOURCES. GOD IS THE ONE WHO BLESSED HIM. IT WAS GOD WHO CAUSED DAVID TO PROSPER SO MUCH PERSONALLY THAT HE WAS ABLE ABOVE HIS GOVERNMENT OFFERING, HE WAS ABLE TO GIVE SOMEWHERE AROUND ONE TO TWO BILLION DOLLARS TO THE BUILDING. AND THIS IS WHAT DAVID IS SAYING. GOD, ALL WE'VE DONE IS GIVE BACK TO YOU WHAT YOU HAVE GIVEN TO US. SEE, IF YOU WERE TO GET THIS MINDSET OF A STEWARD, DID YOU KNOW IT WOULD JUST TRANSFORM YOUR LIFE. INSTEAD OF SAYING, THIS IS MINE, AND GOD, HOW DARE YOU ASK ME TO GIVE A PORTION OF WHAT I HAVE BACK TO YOU? SEE, A PERSON WHO FEELS THAT WAY, A PERSON WHO FEELS LIKE GOD IS JUST TRYING TO GET THEIR MONEY, YOU'VE NEVER ADOPTED THIS ATTITUDE. AND, LET ME JUST ADD, THAT'S THE REASON THAT YOU HAVEN'T GIVEN A $2 BILLION OFFERING TO THE HOUSE OF GOD. IT'S BECAUSE YOU THINK IT'S YOUR MONEY. YOU HAVEN'T EVER PROSPERED THAT MUCH. GOD CAN'T TRUST YOU WITH PROSPERITY. IF GOD CAN GET MONEY THROUGH YOU, HE WILL GET IT TO YOU. I'M GOING TO TEACH THAT FROM SECOND, KING, uh, Second CORINTHIANS CHAPTER 9 LATER ON IN THIS SERIES. BUT ONE OF THE REASONS THAT YOU HAVEN'T SEEN PROSPERITY, ONE OF THE REASONS YOU'RE STRUGGLING FINANCIALLY IS BECAUSE YOU CONSIDER IT TO BE YOURS. AND SO EVERYTHING YOU GET, YOU JUST HANG ON TO IT. MAN, YOU BUILD A FENCE AROUND IT AND YOU START PROTECTING IT, AND THEN IF SOMEBODY IS RECEIVING AN OFFERING FOR THEIR MINISTRY, FOR THEIR CHURCH, OR FOR WHATEVER IT IS, YOU GET OFFENSIVE LIKE THEY'RE WANTING MY MONEY. THAT'S THE VERY REASON THAT YOU AREN'T PROSPERING. IT SAYS OVER IN 2 CORINTHIANS CHAPTER 9, VERSE 10, THAT GOD GIVES SEED TO SOWERS. AND THE SEED HERE ISN'T TALKING ABOUT PHYSICAL SEED. IT'S USING A SEED TO DESCRIBE MONEY. IF YOU TAKE IT IN CONTEXT, 
2 KINGS CHAPTER 8 AND CHAPTER 9, EVERY VERSE IN THOSE CHAPTERS IS TALKING ABOUT MONEY. AND SO HE SAYS HE GIVES MONEY TO PEOPLE WHO WILL SOW IT, PEOPLE WHO WILL GIVE. IF YOU ARE SHORT OF MONEY, IT'S BECAUSE GOD DOESN'T SEE YOU AS A GIVER, AS A SOWER. HE SEES YOU AS A TAKER, AS A HOARDER. IT'S LIKE YOU BUILD A DAM AND EVERYTHING THAT COMES TO YOU, YOU JUST WANT TO KEEP IT RIGHT THERE. BUT IF YOU WILL OPEN IT UP AND BECOME A RIVER, IF GOD CAN GET IT THROUGH YOU, HE WILL GET IT TO YOU. THIS IS WHAT DAVID IS SAYING. GOD, YOU'RE THE ONE WHO GAVE US EVERYTHING. ALL WE ARE DOING IS GIVING BACK TO YOU A PORTION OF WHAT YOU'VE GIVEN TO US. YOU KNOW, GOD IS SO GENEROUS. HE ONLY ASKS FOR 10%. THAT MEANS HE GIVES YOU 90% FOR YOU TO USE ON ALL OF THESE OTHER THINGS, AND HE ASKS FOR 10%. AND YET THERE ARE PEOPLE, THERE'S PEOPLE WATCHING THIS PROGRAM RIGHT NOW THAT YOU HAVE NEVER GIVEN 10% BECAUSE YOU CONSIDER IT YOURS. I NEED ALL OF THIS. IF YOU WOULD GET BEYOND THAT AND BEGIN TO START SAYING, GOD, IT'S YOURS. YOU'VE GIVEN ME. HOW DO YOU WANT ME TO ADMINISTER YOUR MONEY? WELL, I CAN GUARANTEE YOU THERE'S MANY SCRIPTURES THAT TALK ABOUT THE TITHE. I'VE USED THIS WEEK, GENESIS CHAPTER 14, WHERE ABRAHAM PAID 10% OF EVERYTHING HE HAD TO MELCHIZEDEK, KING OF SALEM. ABRAHAM TITHED, AND BECAUSE OF IT, GOD JUST BLESSED HIM. I DIDN'T USE THESE VERSES, BUT IN GENESIS CHAPTER 15, RIGHT AFTER ABRAHAM HAD GIVEN BACK THE EQUIVALENT OF MILLIONS OF DOLLARS WORTH OF SPOIL TO THE KING OF SODOM, Sodom AND TOLD HIM, I'M NOT GOING TO TAKE EVEN A THREAD OR A SHOE LATCH AT LEST ANYBODY SAY THAT THEY MADE ABRAM RICH. WELL, THEN RIGHT AFTER HE DID THAT AND WAS SO GENEROUS GIVING BACK ALL OF THESE FINANCES TO THE KING OF SODOM AND THESE OTHER uh, TOWNS, RIGHT AFTER THAT, GOD APPEARS IN GENESIS 15 AND SAYS, FEAR NOT, ABRAHAM, I'M YOUR SHIELD AND YOUR EXCEEDING GREAT REWARD. AND GOD CUT A COVENANT WITH HIM THAT WAS QUOTED IN THE NEW TESTAMENT MANY TIMES, GENESIS CHAPTER 15, VERSE 6, AND IT WAS COUNTED UNTO HIM FOR RIGHTEOUSNESS, AND THE BLESSING OF GOD JUST PROSPERED, AND ABRAHAM BECAME ONE OF THE MOST PROSPEROUS MEN ON THE PLANET BECAUSE HE WAS NOT TAKING OWNERSHIP. HE WAS TAKING HIS FINANCES, THE THINGS THAT RIGHTFULLY BELONGED TO HIM, AND HE WAS USING THEM TO BLESS OTHER PEOPLE. IF GOD CAN GET IT THROUGH YOU, HE WILL GET IT TO YOU. THIS ATTITUDE OF OWNERSHIP, THAT THIS IS MINE, AND GOD, HOW DARE YOU ASK ME FOR MONEY? MAN, I NEED THIS MONEY. I CAN'T SPARE 10%. I CAN'T GIVE YOU 10%. THIS IS MINE. I NEED THIS. THAT ATTITUDE IS KEEPING YOU IN POVERTY. AND I KNOW THAT THIS IS COUNTERINTUITIVE. THERE ARE PEOPLE SAYING, MAN, I DON'T HAVE ENOUGH AS IT IS. IF I WAS TO TAKE 10% OF WHAT I'VE GOT AND GIVE IT AWAY, I WOULD HAVE EVEN LESS. DID YOU KNOW THAT IS TRUE IF YOU DON'T BELIEVE IN A GOD WHO SAID THAT WHEN YOU GIVE, LUKE 6, 38, AND IT'LL BE GIVEN BACK UNTO YOU, GOOD MEASURE, PRESSED DOWN, SHAKEN TOGETHER, AND RUNNING OVER SHALL MEN GIVE INTO YOUR BOSOM. FOR WITH THE SAME MEASURE THAT YOU MEET, GIVE TO OTHERS, THAT'S HOW IT WILL BE GIVEN TO YOU. IF THERE WASN'T A GOD WHO MADE THAT KIND OF A PROMISE, WELL, THEN YES, IT'S TRUE THAT IF YOU DON'T HAVE ENOUGH NOW TAKING A PORTION OF WHAT YOU'VE GOT AND GIVING IT AWAY, WILL MAKE YOU EVEN POOR. THAT'S THE WAY THAT IT IS WITHOUT GOD. BUT SINCE THERE IS A GOD WHO SAID THAT HE WILL PROSPER YOU AND HE WILL BLESS IT BACK TO YOU, THAT HE WILL GIVE SEED TO SOWERS, SINCE THERE IS A GOD WHO'S MADE ALL OF THESE PROMISES, THE NUMBER ONE WAY FOR YOU TO PROSPER ISN'T TO BUILD A DAM 
and to hoard what you've got, but rather it's to open up and start giving. And when you give just a portion, you follow God and give what He tells you to do, you will prosper more. You will be, you will have more left after you give than before you gave. And I know people say, that doesn't make sense. That's not mathematically true, but it's true in God's economy. And I'm telling you, you've got to develop this attitude, just like David is saying right here, that all, of, all we've done is give unto you that which was your own. We've, we've given back unto you that which you gave us. It was yours in the first place. Prosperity, riches, all of these things come from God. In verse 15, he says, For we were strangers before thee and sojourners, as were all of our fathers, our days on earth are as a shadow, and there is none abiding. O Lord our God, all of this store that we have prepared to build thee in house for thine holy name cometh of thine hand and is all thine own. I know also, my God, that thou triest the heart and hast pleasure in uprightness. As for me, in the uprightness of my heart have I willingly offered all of these things. And now I have seen with joy thy people which are present here to offer willingly unto thee. O Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel our fathers, keep this forever in the imagination of the thoughts of the heart of thy people and prepare their heart unto thee. Again, I want to encourage you, when you get time to please go study 1 Chronicles chapter 29 and let this soak in on you because this is the attitude that I'm trying to get across in this teaching, that we are stewards financial stewardship. You know, I'm not against people using the term financial prosperity and things like this, but I felt specifically to entitle this financial stewardship until you begin to recognize that God is the source of everything. And since He's the one who gave us our health, our prosperity, our talents, the opportunities that we have in this nation and other nations that allow people to prosper. Since God is the source of everything, you need to see that it's His money, not your money. You need to get this attitude that I'm a steward of God's resources. These are not my resources. And I tell you, if you could begin to understand that, it would just free you up. It would take the pressure off of you I believe that, you know, it's a process, but once you prove yourself faithful and you don't do this just for one day or for one week, but it becomes a lifestyle that, God, this is yours. What do you want me to do? And once you prove yourself faithful, I guarantee you that will open up the windows of heaven and God will pour you out a blessing that you won't even have room enough to receive all of the prosperity. You will have trouble wondering about, God, where do I give all of this prosperity away to? How can I bless other people? I know to some of you, what I'm saying is foreign, and you're thinking, no way. That's because you don't see yourself as a steward. You don't recognize the potential that you have when you make God your source. Ready to get more out of God's Word than ever before? We gladly announce the newly recreated Andrew Womack Living Commentary. Study with Andrew from Genesis to Revelation. This Living Commentary is packed with a lifetime of Andrew's own footnotes on over 32,000 verses and counting. This extensive Living Commentary contains multiple translations of the Bible, including the King James Version Plus, 
along with Strong's Concordance, where you can find the original Greek and Hebrew text. Andrew has also provided you with several historically respected commentaries. It's never been easier for you to study through the Bible with Andrew. Priced at only $120, this continuously updated living commentary is now available exclusively as a download for both Mac and Windows at awmi.net. I would like to encourage you to get this teaching that I have on financial stewardship. As I've said during the teaching, it's a different approach than most people take on prosperity, but I believe it's scriptural. You need to develop this attitude of stewardship, not ownership. So I have it in book form, and then we have a study guide that is the same material, just reformatted specifically so you can disciple other people. You can print out the material and have the questions right there. We have CDs and DVDs on this. And I also have the book and study guide in Spanish. And then we have a companion DVD where I have testimonies of six different people who have put this into practice and now they're prospering. Listen to our announcer as he gives you this information. Andrew's complete teaching titled Financial Stewardship is available in either a CD or DVD album or as a book or companion study guide. Also available is the Financial Breakthroughs DVD, which includes six true stories of people that experience the freedom of turning their finances over to God. Each of these valuable resources is available for a gift of any amount or you can get the Financial Stewardship Package. This package includes the book, study guide, and your choice of either the CD or DVD album, as well as the Financial Breakthroughs DVD. This package has a catalog value of $115, but you can get it today for only $80. The individual topic highlighted on today's broadcast is available as an audio CD for a gift of any amount when you write or call. We encourage everyone to give because there's a blessing in giving. But if you're simply unable to afford it, Andrew and his partners will provide today's teaching free of charge. This is the last day we'll be offering this teaching, so be sure to respond today. You can order resources or become a Grace Partner through our website at awmi.net. While there, you can discover more product details and download additional free resources. Or call our helpline Monday through Friday from 4.30 a.m. to 9.30 p.m. Mountain Time at 719-635-1111. To write us, use the address on your screen. We appreciate your generosity and hope to hear from you today. We'd like to point out Andrew's upcoming speaking schedule. Mark your calendars to come meet Andrew at one of these events and let the Word of God transform your life. In the month of September, Andrew will be in Sri Lanka via Livecast. This special Livecast event is only accessible at the BMICH main conference hall in Sri Lanka. Also available in September, Andrew will be in Woodland Park, Colorado to host the In God We Trust rally with guest speakers Lance Walnow, Richard Harris, Pastor Mark Coward, State Senator Dennis Heisey, and State Representative Mark Baisley. Next, Andrew will be in Washington, D.C. for a Gospel Truth Conference 
with guest speaker Jeremy Pearsons. Later in September, he'll be in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Also, beginning September 30th, Andrew will be back in Woodland Park to host the annual Minister's Conference with guest speakers Arthur Menchez, Kerry Pickett, Audrey Mack, Pastors Bob Yandian, Bob Nichols, and Dwayne Sheriff. For more details on Andrew's next meeting in your area, visit our website at awmi.net.